0: guests we have as well. It's really great to uh, have you online with us today. I wanted to talk about a journey. Um, Last week I had a conversation with a dad whose 15 year old daughter grade 9 or standard 7 depending uh, grade 9 15 year old daughter is on a 27 day hike. It's a school uh, organized hike. Uh, Now 27 days I wonder if If that's a long time for you to go hiking Um, I think for for most 15 year olds that's a that's a pretty big deal and so uh, what do you say to a whole group of 15 year olds who are about to start a 27 day journey what would you say to them apart from you're crazy or you're gonna have a great time because it's gonna be good but there's also gonna be some hard times and so what are you gonna say to encourage them what do you going to say to them at the start of this journey. So it was great to be able to talk to this dad and just say, you know, how's mom and dad doing? How are you guys? You know, daughters away, 15 years old. And dad was saying, oh no, you know, we're doing pretty well. And there've been some tears, but you know, it's been good. But they get to have a phone call with their child at some point, uh, like halfway through uh, their hike, right? Just touching base, just, you know, mom and dad, how are you guys doing? this is how I'm doing. You know, just get a bit of touching base over there. It was really interesting for me. He said it was a good phone call. And then I said to my daughter, so he's a marathon runner. He runs marathons. One of those, you know, strong people. So he says to his daughter, you know, every single marathon I've ever run every time it gets to a stage in the run where you've been running for a long time and it's hard, and you get tired and every time he says without fail you will say to yourself why am i doing this i'm never going to do this again or i want to stop he says you push through he says you push through and then you get to those final stages where there's the euphoria and You've so enjoyed it and you have finished, and you're so glad that you've done it and you find yourself the next year signing up again to do it. And so his encouragement to his daughter, amazing, is keep going. It's going to be worth it. What does he do? He points to the end. He points to the vision and he says, you're going to have such great memories after this. You're going to be able to look back and say, I've done it. And for us as Liberty... I think this is such a helpful picture, a metaphor for us. We're on a journey as a church. And yes, individually, each of us is on our own journey of faith. But remember that we're also a community. And for liberty, God has got a journey for us. Some of us may have been on this journey with liberty from the very beginning. Some of us will have joined at some point. Some of us may have even joined so recently, like during lockdown, Like you found community during lockdown. There's a whole bunch of people in this community you've never met before. Wherever you are, it's so good to have you part of this journey. Now, I felt to give us the dad talk kind of encouragement, right? Whether it's the start of this journey or it's the dad phone call halfway through, I want to encourage us. keep going right at the start of it you've got no idea what's coming your way maybe it's like day one I don't know and it's you know it's all going well there's going to come a time in our journey as Liberty where things may get a little bit hard we might begin to feel I'm not so sure that I I want to sign up for this anymore maybe I'm, I'm tired I want out this is hard it's been too cold recently Oh, it's been too hot recently We've run out of this food. I like the cycling days, not the walking days. I prefer that day where we kayaked, you know, I prefer the hills, the going up, the going down, the tar road, the bush, the gravel, whatever it is. There are going to be times where it's tough for us. And so what are we going to do? And I want to appeal to us to hold fast and to look at the end goal, the outcome. Why are we doing this? It's good to do this every now and then. Remind me why we are doing this again? It's because of... Funny, I think it's very appropriate that we've been going through a series in Hebrews. I think so much of Hebrews, this letter in the New Testament, is talking about a journey. And certainly, this letter is written to a church where many people had grown tired and were discouraged and so they're being written to and encouraged right philip three sundays ago reminded us from hebrews chapter 12 that we need to run the race set before us and to what fix our eyes on jesus that's cool so you're gonna run the race what is the thing that's going to keep you motivated fix your eyes on jesus Glenn reminded us two Sundays ago to endure hardship as discipline because God is treating us as his children. He's adopted us and incorporated us into his family, brought us into relational intimacy. It's hard, what is he appealing to? God and your identity and relational access and closeness that you get to have with God. And so what I want to do is not necessarily continue in the series in Hebrews. That wasn't the plan. But I want to rewind and go all the way back to the beginning. Hebrews chapter 1. So I want to cover four verses, right? And and I really feel like I've just got one thing that I want to to encourage us for. So Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, The last verse I want to draw our attention to and really want to camp out here. Chapter 2, verse 1. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Question. What have we heard? Now, the writer to Hebrews has a very specific thing in mind. We go back all the way to verse 1. In the past, various times, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, but in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. Oh, kind of wish I could just camp out over there. That's a massive deal, right? That God would want to speak to us. Why should God want to speak to us? And if God was going to speak to us, what would He say? And interesting, He's spoken to us by His Son. Who is this Son? This is Jesus. How has He spoken to us? By the life and actions of Jesus. In fact, He says the Son is the radiance of God's glory. Kind of like the radiance of the sun. So here's a question. You stand outside, how do you know the sun is up? 1. You can see it. 2. You can feel it. Now we are a long way away from the sun like a long way but it's the radiance of the sun the radiant energy the warmth and the heat he's saying that jesus is kind of like the warmth and the heat of the sun how do i know the sun's there well i can i can perceive it by my sight and by feeling it we can know god perceive god through jesus big deal he is the representation of his being or the exact imprint of his nature. Kind of like, you know, in the old days, there would be the king who had a signet ring. right? That little ring with the um, sort of emblem. And then they would press that ring into some hot, warm wax and leave the imprint there. And that would be the seal. And then you would see that, that wax with that imprint and you would know what that means. And God's saying, Jesus is that imprint that we might know who he is. Or it's kind of like the old metal coins that have the uh, imprint of the king or the president or the whoever it is, the queen. It's kind of like the mold that they would use on that soft, hot metal and form it into that coin. And Jesus is that imprint of God. I get to know who God is. I get to see God because of Jesus. Massive deal. In fact, he's the heir of all things. He's going to inherit everything one day. There's this authority that he's talking about rushing through over here. And Jesus has provided purifications, purification for sin. Again, don't even get to double click on this, but this is an important concept. God saw it necessary that our sin the darkness in our hearts, the evil. I mean, remember, Tim Keller reminded us not so long ago when we listened to that preach. Jesus said to the apostles, you who are evil know how to get, give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit? Uh, sorry, you who are evil, the apostles, the holy apostles, the the you know the people whom God said you, you are to lead my church and start this whole thing with. Uh, by the way, you're evil. Hardcore, right? So purifications for sins was necessary. And so God took our sin, put it onto Jesus, and consumed Jesus. Because he gotta deal with sin. He had to. He's going to fully. He's either going to consume us or he's going to consume Jesus. And so what does that speak to us? It tells us of God's love for us. His holiness, his justice, and his mercy at the same time. Amazing. Well worth spending time thinking about. And so then we come to chapter 2, verse 1. And he says, we should pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. We have heard through Jesus who God is and who we are. What he's done for us and how much he loves us. So he says we should pay attention. No, no, sorry. He doesn't. He says we should pay careful attention. I've set us up again. Sorry. No, we should pay more careful attention. That's very interesting. He's serious. He's trying to emphasize something here. We need to pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard spoken by God to us through Jesus it's not, what did you hear God say in your quiet time this morning? No, no. Look at the person and the action and the work of Jesus. And everything he tells us through those actions. We're going to pay more careful attention, therefore, lest what? We drift away. This is the dad phone call halfway through our long journey saying, don't drift away. Don't give up, keep going, because of what we've heard God say to us through the person, action, and life of Jesus. (laughs) That's huge. Really interesting to note, important to note, that this letter to the Hebrews is written to Christians. They're not appealing to us and saying, don't don't reject God. It's people who've embraced God, embraced this message. What he's saying is, pay more attention so that we don't drift away. So these are people who've embraced the gospel. But we can still drift away. How do we drift? Give some examples. Maybe we drift, possibly, because we're so resting in the work that Jesus has done for us and the forgiveness of sins. And, you know, I've, I've signed on the dotted line. I've given my life to Jesus. I'm going to heaven. Now I'm going to carry on with life. Just carry on and place no attention to growing in the faith. Growing up in Him. Let us not... drift away by thinking it's done. You're going to drift. We need to pay attention so that we can grow up. Know who he is. Know him more. Stick with him. I might drift away because I'm so busy serving, 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 serving that I forget actually who God is, what he's done. It could perhaps be that I'm serving to get something. I might be so interested in getting what God has got for me that I forget to grow up in him. And I just want to get, want to get, want to get, want to get, want to get. Perhaps I'm going to drift away because life is hard, right? It's rough. And I know that there's some of us in our community who've been dealt some, some, some really tough times. And it may be that we could get so focused on just surviving, getting through, just just parenting, just getting the money, getting the food on the table, paying the bills, keeping the car on the road so I can get to work, just keeping those relationships intact. I don't know what it is, but trying so hard just to survive that we begin to drift. And it's really important that we have community. Because sometimes I need to lean on others who are strong so that I can get through. And sometimes when I'm doing well, then I need to allow others to lean on me so that they don't drift away, so that I can help them and I can help bring encouragement. And then I need you to bring encouragement to me. Oh, we so need community so that we don't drift away. So how do we Not drift away right so so we're talking about a journey we're saying that sometimes journeys there's great times to it sometimes there's average times to it and and sometimes there's tough times how do we keep going in those tough times how do we make sure that we don't drift is to look onto Jesus isn't it is to go back to the chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 is to consider Jesus so a couple of years ago uh, a number of years ago i um i don't want to say i took up surfing i bought a surfboard and uh got a wetsuit and i used to spend a fair amount of time out in the waves flipping and you know it was fun but it was nice every now and then you'd get out to backline, behind the waves and you could sit and look at the mountains and sort of float by and every now and then you know paddle and then get dunked by waves it was it was good fun um and uh It's funny how sometimes you, half an hour later, would realize, oh my gosh, look how far I've moved. And so you'd need to sort of paddle your way back because it might be that you begin to drift into dangerous areas. I remember one time I noticed almost too late how far I drifted and the wind and the current had got me, especially the wind, um, but the currents and the waves as well. And they were pushing me into this barbed wire fence that was coming right out into the water. I got really close. Really close, way too close for my liking. And so drifting is something that is subtle. Sometimes it's passive. Sometimes it's active. Sometimes we're just paddling in the wrong direction. But what we're being told here is beware, pay attention so that you don't drift. It's not intentional. It's accidental. It's slow. And it's subtle. And it's dangerous. So how do we make sure that we don't drift? on our surfboards or on the boat, right? The current, the wave, the the wind, right? The culture pushing us towards something, our own desires just naturally inclining us towards a certain place, influence, friends, family, upbringing, whatever it is. How do we prevent ourselves from drifting? Well, one of the best things to do to prevent yourself from drifting is to orient yourself. Right, is to look and say, well, there's this building and there's that mountain. As long as those two are lined up, I know I'm in the right place. Or on a map to be able to say, okay, well, there's that and, and there's that feature over there. And so we're actually in the right place. You need to look at something and then place yourself accordingly to orient yourself so that you don't drift. And this is what chapter 2 verse 1 is appealing to us is saying, orient yourself on Jesus. God is Spoken to us through Jesus. He has spoken amazing things. Orient yourself on that so that you don't drift away. How do you do that? And I'm going to pass the ball to you on that one. That is what I would like you to discuss. With your friends, family, spouse, triad, small groups, home groups. This is a great discussion to have because if it's not tough now, it will get tough at some point. We need to pay more careful attention to what we have heard so that we don't drift away. Liberty, we're on a new phase in our journey and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that God has set a journey before us, but we need to regularly orient ourselves on the person and the work of Jesus. And so I want to bring that encouragement to you. And I would love for you to look at those action points and say, well, how do I do that? How do I orient myself on Jesus? Maybe it's one key way. Maybe it's multiple ways. You might think, well, I don't need to. I'm doing fairly well right now. That's not what we're being told here. We're being told to pay more careful attention lest, lest we drift away. So let's focus and orient ourselves on the person of Jesus. We need to do this as a community and as individuals. But if we're doing it as a community, we get to strengthen one another. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for the journey that you have us on. I thank you for the work that you have done through Jesus. And I thank you that you loved us so much that you did that. Thank you for the journey that you have for liberty. Thank you for the dignity of participation that we get to have here. That's amazing. Please help us to be faithful, Lord. Help us to focus on Jesus. Help us to strengthen and encourage one another. May we draw closer to you. May we treasure you, Jesus. Stir our affections for you. Help us to make good decisions, faithful decisions, that we might finish this race and get to the end and hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your Father's joy. Guide us, lead us, strengthen us this week. Father, I pray for those who might be feeling like they are just exhausted and are in survival mode. Lord, would you please strengthen them? Give them grace, give them energy, bring people into their world and their lives that can bless them and help them orient their lives back onto Jesus. May they feel like somehow they have just a little bit more energy to be able to reorient themselves onto you, Jesus. Father, I pray for those who are doing well. Thank you, God, for your grace there, and I pray that you would help them to stay firm to the very end, and please help them to strengthen those around them. Help us to be a community who love you so much that we love one another so much that the world around us can see that we are your disciples. Because there is a otherworldly kind of love, a supernatural love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.